Good morning, church. Are you ready to worship Jesus today? It's going to be such a beautiful time. Um, I really believe that God's going to move in a significant way today. And so I want us to come in. I want us to take our places. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. and Let's just prepare our hearts for what the Lord will do today. I don't want anyone to miss a moment today. Let me know the Lord has something he wants to speak to us. And I believe that what God's doing around the world is so significant right now. If we will just pay attention to what he's doing and what he's saying. And sometimes in order to do that, you've got to let all the other noise fade away so that you can hear the voice of the Lord and see what he's doing behind what's happening. And I believe that what he's doing is special and his church is so uh, important in this time and this day that we live in. And uh, I don't know about you, but I skipped to the end of the book and I know that we win. I said we win. And there's a reason that we win and it's because he has already won. Somebody give him praise if you believe that that is true today. So regardless of what's happening around the world, you know, nations are raging, but our God is in control and he's still on the throne and he's still all powerful, almighty, all glorious, all wonderful, and nothing can shake our God. Do you believe that? I said nothing can shake our God. So I want us to lift our hands. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here. This is your house. We know that you're already here, Lord, so we come into your presence. We enter your gates with thanksgiving. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for making a way for us out of no way. Thank you for new mercy this morning when we got up with the rising of the sun, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives this week and beyond, Lord. Thank you for the history that we have with you. Thank you for your good reputation. You're such a good God. You've always been good, and you'll always be good. So today, Lord, we just say, come on in, Holy Spirit, and have your way. Do what only you can do. Jesus, your name be lifted high. Your name be lifted high in our hearts, in our minds, in everything that we do, every song, every prayer, every word. Jesus, you be glorified in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Come on, shout it again. Amen. Yeah. Let's worship. Sweep me away till I've had all I can 
some mighty praise in here. Come on, Calvary. If his love's sweeter than wine, give him a shout this morning. Amen. We want to talk to you just for a couple of seconds before we get rolling. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. My, if you're new here, I'm Apostle Jim Reilly. This is my wife, Pastor Dawn. Don't y'all love Pastor Dawn? What's going on, babe? Before we make before we make some announcements, I would like to welcome our first-time guest. If this is your very first time being at Calvary, would you raise your hand and let us see you all over the room? Wow. We welcome everywhere. you today. Come on, let's give them a bigger clap than that. We're so glad that you're here. We know that God's going to do something really incredible in your life. And right after this service, we would love the opportunity to meet you. You can type... Uh, you can text the number that's on the screen, but we also would like to meet you in the, in the lobby. You'll see to the left some beautiful tables set up there, and I think we even got some special cupcakes. Cupcakes, wow. Some and wedding you know, cupcakes. And since you're at church, the calories are supernaturally gone. Imagine that. The carbs that. are gone. The fat, come on, somebody. Yes. Speak those things that be not as though they were. But listen, text that number on the screen. We'd love for you to have, have record of you being with us. We got people tuning in literally from around the world, many yes. special guests. Let's give all of our guests one more big Calvary welcome. Amen. And if you're tuning in for the very first time on Calvary FL Online, type the word guest in the comment section so we can see you as well. Now, we want to just take a, men a mention about what has been happening over in the gym yes. with our Daytona Dream Center. If you did not get to experience that this morning, there was a lot happening before service with our VIPs that come on the bus, haircuts, all kind of things that were going on over there. And we just want to make mention, because we have partnered with our community this morning, to bring over 20 organizations in to help our VIPs. It's been beautiful. They Babe, we're providing transitional yes. housing, yes. Uh, rehabilitation and recovery, medical. We're helping our, our uh, VIPs uh, get medical. Yes. We're helping them try to find jobs and so yes. much more. They get a shower. They get meals. And we are just so glad to give them a change of clothes. Come on. How many yes. of you are glad to have our VIPs? We celebrate you guys Amen. that are here today. Amen. And I just want to recognize Daytona State. Emory Riddle, the Florida Health Department, One Voice for Volusia, Daytona Outreach, and many more that have been a part of this this morning. Can Let's we give them thank a hand? all those that are helping us today. And listen, honey, next week is going to be powerful because next week uh, we have a special guest that's going to be with us. His name is Don Piper. He wrote the book, 90 Minutes in Heaven. He actually got in a car accident. It was a major motion picture. Yes. And he died for 90 minutes and went to heaven. And he's going to be here next Sunday morning, here, right here at Calvary. It's going to be an amazing time. How many people actually believe that there is a heaven? Come on. And this has been medically documented. It's going to be a Sunday like no other. And if you want to get a seat, you need to get here early. It's going to be amazing. Amen. You don't want to miss that. So uh, lastly, we just want to share with you, today is going to be a very special day. It's 
uh, going to be a different kind of day. And if you have babies, I know some of us have little ones that sit with us in church. If they get upset or they start crying, we want you to know that we have prepared the chapel, which you would go out these doors over here to my left, your right. There's a chapel there. And on the screen, the service will be playing. So if your child gets upset or anything, we would just ask that you would slip them out and you can actually go into the chapel and still be a part of what's happening in That's the service right. today. We, we have it there for you to be able to calm your, your children, and we're just so glad that you and your babies are here. Yes. Hey, across the street is incredible. I've been amazed at what they've done in kids' ministry. And you know what? We're doing it all for Jesus. How many of you love Jesus in this place Amen. today? Amen. Listen, are there any givers in the house? Are there any tithers and givers and sowers? You know, I look at my life, and I know you look at yours. Is there anybody here that would say, Apostle, I'm blessed way beyond what I deserve? If you're blessed more than you deserve to be blessed, one, two, three, make a little noise in the room right now. Uh, come on, you can do better than that. I, I know I'm blessed beyond what I deserve. And, you know, God gives us an opportunity. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, God owns everything. But he gives us an opportunity to learn generosity in our giving. He gives us an opportunity to join with his heart in giving. And so today is your chance. We have spent a lot of money putting this thing together. But it has been an absolute labor of love. How many of you think the, the, the building looks incredible? And Oh, isn't it awesome? And it's been mighty. And listen... I, what an amazing job, Vaughn. We had, we had a young lady who's a part of our church that put this whole thing together. Can you let her know how awesome it is? We love you, darling. And thank you for being a part of this. But this has all been for two things. Number one, for the glory of Jesus. How many of you know everything we do, we want Jesus to be glorified in it? Amen. But number two, it's for people. People to find out that no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus loves you. And the reality of it all is this. We've been super involved in, in changing lives. We've been here now 26 years. And God has been immeasurably, incredibly, awesomely faithful. But here's what I believe with all my heart. 26 years later, come on, nine campuses later. Come on, somebody. We're doing this on our other local campuses. This same thing is happening in Palm Coast and NSB. Here's what I believe with all my heart. Look at me, y'all. We've only just begun. Should Jesus tarry, we're going to do more. And this is your opportunity <coughs> to be a part of this special day. But here's what I want to tell you. Not only are we helping and blessing people here, Calvary has been radically committed to missions all over the world. We give to missionaries, 167 missionaries. You know, a while back, actually several years ago now, we built a Bible school in India. And in India, we're training up pastors and, and leaders that go all throughout the world to preach the gospel. They go in places that, that Americans could never go. They're in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, and they are preaching the gospel. And they were trained at a Bible school that we built. You ought to give God praise for that. There's just... There's just so much going on, and that's the heart of this house. And today, I believe as you sow, you're going to sow into God's heart. Today is Mission Sunday. Today is Giving Sunday. So I want everybody who wants to give to the Lord, I want you to hold your gifts up right now. 
Come on, you can, you can text to give, you can give in an envelope, an app, or you can give online. I always kid people, you say, well, Apostle, I don't know what to give. Well, you spell billion. Come on, somebody. You never know what's in the room. Hold that up. You online, this is your moment. This is your chance to learn generosity. This is your chance, even in your giving, to say, Lord, I put you first and I love you. So hold that up. Hold your missions giving up. And Pastor Dawn is going to pray with us. Heavenly Father, we lift our hands, our hearts, our offerings before you today in worship. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings in our lives. And as we sow and as we give today, it is only a portion of the goodness of God. And we thank you today, Lord. According to your word, you said give, and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We declare that blessing over your people this morning as they give. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we get going, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. You can be seated across the room. Well, welcome to the vow. Today's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be very powerful. One of the most beautiful metaphors of the church is the fact that in the Bible, y'all, we are called the bride of Christ. Is there anybody glad today to be the bride of Christ in the room? Are you? If we're the bride, then that means that Christ is our groom. And in this relationship, Jesus reveals himself as faithful and loving and committed and dependable and reliable. But what I want you to understand most about this relationship is that we find out that our Lord and Savior, our groom, is a covenant keeper. That means he does exactly what he says he's going to do. And Jesus looks at you, looks at us, as his own precious bride. The Bible is full of these examples. His love is beautifully expressed through the process of Jewish courtship and marriage. And today, it's my sincere hope, I hope this from deep down in my heart, that every person in this room, every young person, every mom and every dad and every person online, you, you realize with true clarity the relentless, unstoppable love that Jesus has for you. He has it for you and every person in this place, whether you've accepted him or not. I don't know about you, but I'm real thankful that I am the bride of Christ. Amen.
Jesus today. Well, precious ones, I'm going to kind of walk you through the Jewish courtship and ritual. And I want to show you several things that are really applicable to you and I today. The first thing that happens when there's this process of Jewish courtship and ritual that begins is the marriage is arranged and the bride is chosen. It's an amazing thing, y'all, to be chosen. And it's no small thing for a Jewish bride to be selected. The groom's father would choose the very best bride that he could for his son. And there's something I want you to understand today, something very powerful. And it's this. No matter how you feel about yourself, no matter what you've done, no matter your past, no matter your failures, no matter your issues, no matter your struggles, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. If you're here today, you are God's choice. God chose you. Anybody glad that you were chosen by the Lord today? You say, well, Apostle, I've got too many issues in my life. Let me tell you something. He chose you when you were broken. He chose you when you were blemished. He chose you when you were bombarded with baggage. He chose you when you were altogether unlovely and unworthy. God chose you. In fact, John 15, 16 says these words, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen generation. God chose you. God did it. Jesus declares it. Peter reinforces it. But like my granny said, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Come on, somebody. Until you believe it yourself. I want everybody in this room to grasp this hope and reality that you have been chosen. Now, one of the several things that would happen is that the father of the groom would negotiate a bride price. According to Jewish tradition, the bride had to come with a price. Once these terms were reached and the price was settled, the father would then pour a cup of wine. And this is very significant because he would hand it to his son and his son would give it to the potential bride, to the girl, and say these words. This cup 
represents a covenant, a new covenant between you and me. And basically, what he's saying is this. This groom is saying, I love you. I'll give my life for you. Will you marry me? Now, this is amazing, y'all, especially for us who are believers and we understand something that we do called communion, called the Last Supper. And I want you to see Jesus and his disciples. His disciples are gathered with him 2,000 years ago, and they're celebrating Passover. They had celebrated this time, these disciples, throughout their whole lives, and they knew exactly how this had went. They had memorized it. They expected Jesus to kind of say the traditional Seder things. And it's even used this day in that Seder thinks is this, it says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, for giving us the fruit of the vine. But Jesus did a radical thing. He, he kind of broke from what they were expecting. And he did something so incredible. The Bible said he took bread and he broke it. And he declared that this is my body that was broken for you. Then he, then he took a cup of wine. Now this would have been the third cup of wine in the Passover ritual. It was called the cup of salvation or the cup of redemption. He took this cup of wine and he basically said to the, his disciples, this is a new covenant between me and you. I love you. I'll give my life for you. Will you marry me? The disciples probably laughed. It probably seemed funny to them that Jesus would be proposing to them. But maybe they understood what Jesus meant. Maybe in that moment they comprehended that Jesus was saying, I love you so much and I'll prove it by dying for you. And even today, for everyone under the sound of my voice, I want you to hear me. Jesus is saying to you, no matter what your struggle is, no matter what has happened in your past, Jesus is saying to you today, I love you. I'll give my life for you. In fact, he's already given it. He's saying, will you become my precious bride? Your goodness, 
in the middle of my shame when my pride and my pain left me broken you said child dine with me in the presence of these enemies I've got just what When I take and eat, it's Jesus, it's the bread and the wine, he's healing me. When I take and drink from the table of
when I take and drink from the table of God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Who would admit that it's always been Jesus? If it's always been Jesus, come on, bride of Christ, give him a little bit of praise right now. The next thing that happened was the bride price has to be paid. Throughout the Bible, y'all, we see examples of this. If you remember the story of Jacob, the Bible said he served seven years for Rachel and wound up having to serve seven more because Laban deceived him. The question is, what would drive a man to serve 14 years in order to gain the hand of a woman in marriage? I'll tell you what it was. One thing, love, true love. The Bible said in Genesis 29, 18, Jacob was in love with Rachel. That kind, that's a real love. It's that kind of love that will make a man carry a woman's purse in the mall. Come on, y'all. I'm in love like that. If you see me walking through the mall carrying a purse, you know I'm in love. Come on, y'all. Jacob was in love with Rachel, the Bible says. And he said, I'll work for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served, watch y'all, seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days. Why? Because of his love for her. Jacob was bitten. <laughs> he was madly in love with Rachel, and he was willing to pay the bride price no matter how steep, no matter what it cost. Love has captured his heart at this point, and it would hold him in place no matter what. And as the bride of Christ, each person in this room, you've got to realize and know that the dowry, the price that, would, that was offered by the Father for you and me was extravagant, y'all. The bride price was extreme. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you are bought with a price. First Peter 1 says this, knowing that you are not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold. Silver and gold couldn't buy you. Silver and gold couldn't purchase you. It says you weren't redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition, by the tradition from your fathers. Watch verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, that's the bride price, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Is there anybody here thankful that Jesus paid the bride price for you. He paid it for everybody that he has redeemed. Is there anybody redeemed in the room today? It's, it's a price in the natural, y'all, that was so great that he prayed in the garden to relent. He knew what he was going to face. He said, I really don't want to face this. But he knew the bride price had to be met. And he knew that he was the only one that could pay it. The Bible said in Matthew 26 that 
Jesus went a little bit further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I really don't want to die. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to hang on the cross naked. I don't want to be spat on. I don't want to be abused. I don't want to face this. But watch what he said. He said, let this cup pass from me if it's possible, but nevertheless. I'm so glad that he said nevertheless. I'm here today because Jesus said nevertheless. I'm saved today because of nevertheless. He said, not as I will. Not what I want. Not what I desire. But as you desire. As you will. Some of you are here today and you say, well, apostle, you know, Jesus hung on that cross. He was marred and mangled and mutilated. He was massacred. He was murdered. I think what held him there, apostle, were the nails. Some of you here today, you may think that it was the brutality or the threat of the Roman soldiers that held him there. But you know what? He could have called down the host of heaven. He was all powerful on that cross. He was wonderful counselor, mighty God, a way maker, and a dead raiser on that cross. He was El Shaddai on that cross. He was Jehovah Jireh, he was unstoppable. He was more than enough, but you know what? It wasn't nails that held him there. He was God on that cross. It wasn't the guards and their threat that held him there. You know what held him there? One thing, it was love. Is there anybody here today? You're unashamed to admit that you are thankful for the love of Jesus Christ and you know that you're only here because of his love. What you must understand, precious, is this. Jesus paid the bride price because he loved you. He believed that you were worth it. And even when you don't, even when you feel unworthy, even when you don't, he always did and he always will. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Hebrews 12 that the blood of Jesus spoke better things as it was pouring out of his body 2,000 years ago. Every drop of that blood spoke as it spilled from his wounded and trembling body and it declared three powerful words. Every drop of his blood said three words. I love you oh hear me now there's not a love song ever been composed or written there's not a love story that's ever been lived that even comes close to that it's the ultimate romance it's the romance of redemption it's the greatest romance of all Satan's greatest fear today, his greatest fear is that you will recognize and realize how much you are loved. Satan is afraid that 
you coming here today, you will realize that Jesus loved you so much he would rather go to hell for you than to heaven without you. Oh, it's Satan's greatest fear, but it's heaven's greatest hope. Oh, I want to tell you, maybe you feel unloved today or maybe you feel greatly loved by someone in your family or a friend or a husband or a wife or a child or a mom or a dad. But let me tell you, there is one love that is unmatched. There is one love that is unparalleled and unprecedented. There is one love like no other love that could ever be realized, recognized, or experienced. And it is the unstoppable, unfathomable, unfathomable, relentless love of Jesus Christ. Oh, I want to tell you something. He paid the bride price for you. There never has been a love like that, and there never will be. Is there anybody here today thankful for the radical love of Jesus Christ? Oh, come on, if you are, give him some glory. I know, I know this is a different kind of day, but if you're thankful for that love, why don't you give him glory in this room? Oh, what a love. Oh 
praise the Lord. Come on, bride of Christ, and praise the Lord here today. Oh, I'm thankful that he chose me when I was altogether unworthy. He chose us when we didn't have it going on. He chose us when we struggled. He chose us in our sin. The Bible says, watch, while we were yet sinners. Come on, somebody. Christ died for us. If you're thankful, open your mouth and give him praise right now if you're grateful. Now the next thing that had to happen was very important. There was something called a mutual choosing. In the story that I referenced of Isaac and Rebecca, when Rebecca was chosen to marry Isaac, Abraham wanted to make sure that the feelings were reciprocated. And the Bible says in Genesis 24, 8, and if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. That's what he told his servant. But Genesis 24, 58 says this, so they called Rebekah and asked her, will you go with this man? And Rebekah said, I will go. Watch this now, precious. It wasn't enough that Rebecca was chosen. She was required to then turn and choose Isaac for herself. She had to choose to marry Isaac. What a powerful, incredible story this is that Abraham actually sent his servant Eliezer to Rebecca to tell her that she had been selected and she decided, watch, to marry Isaac even though she had never seen him. It's the same way for us as Christians, for us as believers. We've never seen Jesus, but he chose us. Hallelujah. And we chose him right back. And we are going to see him. Hello. In the same way that Abraham sent Eleazar, the heavenly father sent the Holy Spirit to inform us that we've been chosen. If you define Eleazar's name, his name means this, God is my helper. And Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away if you study your Bible and I'll send another comforter. One translation said, another helper. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that led me to Jesus. The Holy Spirit let me know that Jesus chose me. Everybody in this room, don't miss this. You've been chosen, but it's your responsibility to choose the Lord right back. We have a choice, and we must choose. We must choose. Listen, we must choose to become the bride of Christ. Many years ago, I chose my sweet wife. 35 years ago. The last girl I ever kissed. Still kissing her today, amen. But our marriage would have never taken place had she not chosen me back. 
And the Bible says that we are made, watch now, in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean, Apostle? It means this, by God's very nature, y'all, He is sovereign. What does sovereign mean? Sovereign means that he, he, He's in charge of His own self. He has the ability to choose and it seems natural that if we're made in the image and likeness of God that a sovereign God would create a sovereign man. A God who can choose would create a man that could choose. Now this doesn't mean that we're God's but what it does mean is he gives us the opportunity to be sovereign over our lives. We make our own decisions. See, the Bible said in Deuteronomy 38, 19, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose, choose life so that you and your children may live. See, what you've got to understand is the right choice doesn't just affect you. It affects those that come after you. Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose for yourselves this day whom will you serve. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you that you have a choice. You've been chosen, but you must choose the Lord right back. There are some who believe that God accepts some and he rejects others. But y'all, I can't believe that. I personally can't believe that when children are born, whom God created, how many of you believe that God creates all of us? Come on. Every person has been created by the Lord. I can't believe that when a child is born and a baby is born, that some are accepted and some are chosen and others are rejected. No, 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 my firm conviction is this. My firm conviction is that God has chosen every human being that has ever been born. He's chosen every human being that will ever be born. He's chosen you today. He's chosen you, he's chosen your children, and he's chosen your children's children. He is God, and he's a God of love, and he's chosen us all. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Y'all, he didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. He loved us so much that he sent his own son, Jesus, to pay that bride price and to become an offering for sin. And the word of God says in that same way in Matthew, your father in heaven is not willing, listen, that any, any of these little ones should be lost. Second Peter 3, 9 says, for the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us all. Not willing, listen, that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He created us all and chose everyone, but sadly enough, so many people don't choose him back. The choice has to be made mutually, and it has to be made continuously. 
every day my wife chooses to be married to me and I choose to be married to her. We choose to remain faithful to one another. We choose to remain faithful and honor that covenant that we made to each other 35 years ago and honor the vows of our marriage. I pray, honey, that we always will. But every day, you and I have to choose each other. And I'm thankful today that not only has Jesus chosen us, but he's given us the opportunity to choose him right back. I wonder if there's anybody here that would choose Jesus every day that you live and you're glad you chose him the first time. Come on, if you'll continue to choose him, give him praise right now. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here and you'd say, well, Apostle, I chose him a long time ago, but I've struggled. Apostle, I remember choosing him as a child, but I've stopped choosing him. Here's the good news. Today, you can choose him again because he's already chosen you. Anybody love the Lord today? Anybody willing to have all of you? If you do, give him some praise right now. i 
thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Y'all, I feel Jesus in here today. Somebody give him glory. Somebody give him glory. I feel Jesus in this room. Oh, is there anybody here thankful for the relentless love of Jesus? If you know that you are saved because of the goodness of Jesus, why don't you just stop for a moment and give him all the glory in this place? If he's still the one for you, if you still know that he's everything, give him honor. Oh, I'll move forward, but I just feel in my spirit that this is a moment not to be missed. Give him honor if you love him today. Oh my, you can be seated. It has always been Jesus, hasn't it? Who would admit that Jesus has made the most profound difference in your life? There never has been and never will be another like Jesus. Well, isn't this a beautiful process? The fourth thing that would happen is the groom would return to the father's house to prepare a place. I was thinking about when Dawn and I got married, that I asked her to marry me. And then she went to Georgia. Georgia, the best thing to come out of Georgia is my wife and I-75, I-95, come on somebody. But I remember, honey, that I tried to prepare us a place. We didn't have much. We got this little tiny apartment. But I wanted to make it just as special for you as I could. So Jesus, the groom, returns to his father's house to prepare a place. Now, at this point, y'all, it's officially official. The bride and the groom are espoused. They're engaged. They're betrothed to each other. And we at this very moment, if we are the bride of Christ, and many of us are, we're espoused to Christ. We're betrothed to him. We are literally engaged to Jesus. And our bridegroom, Jesus, has paid the most incredible price ever. There's never been a price like this. He laid down his own life and provided this incredible, phenomenal dowry that will remain unmatched throughout the ages. What I want you to understand is that it didn't stop on the cross. And it didn't even stop at the empty tomb. Because in Jewish tradition, this groom was expected to go and be with the father for a season. And while he was there, it was his duty to create and build a home or an addition or a house for his bride. And before Jesus left the bride, before he left the church, before he was taken up, he said these words. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, now this is just what a groom would have said to a bride. A groom would say, 
I go and prepare a place for you. And if I'm going, uh-huh, I'll return again to you. Now, this is just what Jesus said, y'all, in John 14, 2 and 3. He said, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. Watch. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Hello. And receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus was saying, Man, I'm going to prepare this place for you, but I'm coming back to get you. Oh, I've got news for you. I still believe in the coming of the Lord. I said, I still believe in the coming of the Lord. How many of you believe in the coming of the Lord today? I may talk about it in a few minutes a little bit more, but if you believe in the coming back of your groom, give him a mighty praise right now. I'm thankful. Sometimes we get so caught up in the moment that we don't realize that this world look now is not our home some of you young people are trying so hard to impress people your peers and trust me in a few years you won't even hardly be able to remember their names I've come to understand that I don't want to make permanent decisions with temporary people. Y'all better help me. I'm, I'm off the program. I said, how many of you don't want to make permanent decisions with temporary people? But you know that this relationship you have with Jesus, it's not temporary. It's not fly by night. It's not a one night stand. There will come a day when we will go extraterrestrial. There will come a day when we will go to heaven. There's a beautiful song. They're about the same. I've got a castle in the sky. Watch this. I I got a castle in the sky Give me Ooh. 
Anybody glad that this isn't all that there is? 
Come on, make a little noise if you're glad that you've got a home prepared. We used to sing that old song, I've a home prepared where the saints abide, just over in the glory land. And I long to be by my Savior's side, just over in the glory land. Anybody going to make it to heaven? Are you going to make it? up? Oh, just tell everybody in your neighborhood, I got a castle in the sky. Yeah. The older I get, the more I have over there. Y'all forgive me. I've got some precious ones over there. How about you? And I'm going to see them. And I want to see them. I want to see my sweet dad. But let me tell you, the one I want to see the most, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the next thing that would happen in this process of Jewish courtship and marriage is there had to be a, a bridal pledge gift. In other words, the groom would give gifts to the bride. Once the bride accepted the groom's proposal, the groom would provide this gift as a pledge. And when he gave this bride gift, it was a very beautiful thing. It was his way of promising his bride, I'm going to fulfill every promise I made and I'm going to be faithful to make sure that this marriage becomes a reality. It was as if she was letting the bride know, he was letting the bride know, giving her assurance. I'm serious and you can count on me. And that practice even happens today. It's kind of like how we give a gift to the bride when we're going to marry her and it's called an engagement ring. And that engagement ring that the bride wears, it says these words, hey, I'm getting married. And every girl, whoever gets engaged, if it's how it's supposed to be, she likes to show off her ring. Look, I'm getting married. She doesn't hide the ring. She doesn't refuse to wear it. On the contrary, she walks around. She wants everybody to see. In fact, she shows it off. She, she wants that ring to shine because that ring represents love. And as the bride of Christ, I want you to be happy and be aware of this fact that Jesus has provided the greatest gift imaginable. He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who believes in the Holy Spirit today? Paul talked about him and said he's the gift of the Holy Spirit and he's earnest in our heart. Now what does earnest mean? Earnest means this. It's kind of, let me explain it like this. When you're going to purchase a house or a car or something expensive, you're expected to put earnest money down. It's a down payment. 
And this money says and shows that you're serious and you intend on following through with this purchase. It's your guarantee. Can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is our guarantee. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, Jesus has also sealed us, watch, and given us the earnest, the down payment of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. When Jesus gave us that earnest gift, that down payment, he was declaring, here it is. Here's the earnest, here's the down payment. And it's like, are you ready? The Holy Spirit is your engagement ring. Talk about bling. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is bling like nothing else? Amen. And as believers, we are adorned with a living engagement ring. The Holy Spirit of God is our living engagement ring. So we don't, we're not ashamed of him. We don't hide him away. We don't act like he's not real. Oh, come on now. That's why if you come to Calvary, you're going to experience the Holy Spirit. We don't put him in a back room. We don't act like he's not present. Oh, we let him shine. Not only is he a gift, he's a gift that keeps on giving. Because with that one gift, we get nine other gifts. Not only do we get boldness and clarity and power, but we get the gifts of the Spirit. Anybody believe in them? There's not a bigger gift than the Holy Spirit, it's a huge gift. And I don't know about you, but I never wanna be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. It's like I said, if we were to compare the Holy Spirit to an engagement ring, he's the ultimate blame. And I want him to sparkle in my life. I want him to shine in our church. I want people to come in this room and say, man, there is, there is something in that place from another world and it's the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, is there anybody here thankful for the Holy Spirit today? Are you thankful for your living engagement ring? There are many emblems of the Holy Spirit. An emblem is something that kind of describes the Holy Spirit. He's fire, study your Bible, he's oil, he's wind. But there's not a more beautiful emblem of the Holy Spirit than that of a dove. Anybody thankful for the dove today? Come on. Praise the Lord. God was there at the 
beginning, his spirit brooding like a dove, spoke the earth into existence from creation that he loved. Man was born a perfect image, made to be a friend of God, meant to dwell within his presence, yeah, it's where we all belong, Holy Spirit. All we need is more of you. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. All we need is more of you. We
than we've ever been. Jesus pledged to his bride that he would come again. He has prepared a place for each and every one of us in this room. The Bible says that where he is, we can go there and we'll be there also. Isn't that just great today? Isn't that awesome? And here's what I know. We have an assurance that Jesus will come back again. Heard a little story years ago about this little boy who said, you know what? Jesus said it. I believe it. And that says, and that settles it. Jesus said it. I believe it. And that settles it. There was an old grandma that was listening to that little boy talk. She looked at him and smiled and replied, let me tell you something, son. Jesus said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. Come on, somebody. I got news for you. Let the doubters doubt, but Jesus is coming back again. Peter said that in the last days, scoffers would arise and say, where is the promise of his coming? But I believe that there are some people in this room today who actually believe that Jesus is coming back again. Uh. I know it's not popular anymore to preach this reality because so many people don't hold on to the belief of the rapture of the church. But I want to tell you something. You better listen to me. I'm saying from my heart. It's settled, y'all. 
I said, it's settled. Jesus is coming again. First Thessalonians put it like this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. He said, that day is so special when I come back. I'm not sending an angel. I'm not sending a prophet. I'm not sending a good man. He said, that day is so special when I'm coming back myself. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Watch. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. That Greek word for caught up is harpazoed. It means snatched away suddenly. It's faster than you can blink your eyes. It's faster than you can think a thought. One moment you'll be here. The next moment you'll be in the air. Hallelujah. It'll happen just that fast. It says that we will be caught up, harpazoed, together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Let me tell you, when I look at all the things that are going on in the Middle East right now, when I see all that's happening and I compare it to Bible prophecy, it tells me that Jesus could come back any moment. In fact, I'm going to take time. Next Sunday, we're going to have the, the incredible story of the man who was passed away for 90 minutes and went to heaven. It's documented. But then the week after that, I'm going to talk about the rapture and talk about what's going on. Talk about the fact that we are living in the end times. What are you saying, Apostle? I'm saying I believe that God could be in the process right now of reaching over and touching his son on the shoulder and saying, Jesus, go get your bride. Today is your wedding day. <laughs> Does anybody believe in the coming of the Lord? Oh, you better hear me. The fact that some don't believe it changes absolutely nothing. The way that things are lining up right now, precious, the way that I see things going, and when I compare it to Bible prophecy, I'm really surprised every day that we haven't heard a trumpet blast. But I wonder if there's anybody here that when you hear it, you're ready to go. If you're ready to go, make a little noise right now. <laughs> Come on. I said, if you're ready, give him praise. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and washed in the blood of the Lamb, and you are the bride of Christ.
saying our Lord is coming I dare you just to tell everybody in your neighborhood everybody on your road just say Maranatha Maranatha if you believe that your Lord is coming again open up your mouth and give him a mighty praise come on give him up come on if this was the praise you were going to welcome him with let this praise be lifted up like you see him in the clouds See, if you're washed in the blood and you're the bride of Christ, you have nothing to fear. Now, the, the next thing I want to show you is this, that life is like a dress rehearsal. 35 years ago, this October, we had a dress rehearsal. And uh, we didn't have a lot, but we were so excited to be getting married. And I want to tell you that life is your dress rehearsal. It's something that, that's very important that I want you to know. There's something real important. 
biblical engagement, y'all, is considered as fully binding as marriage. So much so that unfaithfulness on the part of the bride or the groom, it's considered adultery in the eyes of Jewish people. The bride and the groom are expected to live virtuously during this time of engagement. No side checks, come on. Hello? No side relationships. No flirting around. None of that's allowed during this time period. And as Christians, we've got to realize, y'all, we've got to remember that we're a spouse. We're engaged to our living bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And we don't need to be flirting with the devil. <laughs> we don't need to be winking at sin. Come on, somebody. The love Jesus has for us is real. It's radical. It's everlasting. And y'all, what you've got to understand is that it's our duty as believers to be faithful, young person, to him. Jesus has already proven his love for us. But I want to show him that I want to be faithful to him. He, he's loved us, y'all, through it all. He loved us when we were unlovely. And you know what he deserves? He deserves our heartfelt affection. He deserves a pure and real bride. We should allow ourselves in this hour to be seduced by lesser lovers. Because I want you to understand that anyone or anything or any activity, it's so much less, young man, when you compare it to Jesus. Nothing compares to Jesus. Oh, listen now. We need to wear our engagement ring. We need to wear the Holy Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit, young lady, to be present in our lives. Young lady, when you go to school. Young man, when you're at college. Sir, when you're at work. Mother, when you're raising your children, you need to wear this living engagement ring, the Holy Spirit. Because when you do, it's just like that engagement ring would remind a bride to be faithful to that husband. The Holy Spirit will remind us, hey, be faithful to your groom. Be faithful to Jesus. He'll convict us. He'll deal with us. Anybody glad that the Holy Spirit convicts you even though you're saved, so many of you? This precious gift from Jesus, the Holy Spirit, it'll cause us to remember the goodness of the Lord and the grace of God and the cross, even in times of temptation. And as his bride, we are to remain faithful to him, consecrated to him, set apart. We keep ourselves ready, knowing that he could return at any time. And the love of Jesus is incomparable. It's incomprehensible. But I want you to understand something as well. When Jesus ascended into heaven, there's something that he provided for us. And, and they would do this. They would do this. A bridegroom would do this for his bride. He would provide, listen, a written covenant. 
And that covenant outlined everything that the groom promised the bride. And I want to tell you that we have a written covenant. We have a covenant and it's called the Bible. It's called the Word of God. And just like that covenant contained all the promises that the groom would make and the rights of the bride, we have a covenant right here. And everything in this covenant, we have it. We have whatever it has. We have healing. If it says we have healing, then we have healing. If it said we have redemption, we have redemption. If it said we have heaven, we have heaven. Anybody grateful that you have a covenant and it's the Word of God and everything that it says you have. Come on, if you're thankful for the word, give God praise right now. I, it's, it's, it's in my covenant. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says for all, not some, it says all the promises of God are yes and amen. One translation said it says like this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, the groom. And so through him, the amen is spoken for the glory of God. As the bride of Christ, you have the right to claim every single promise in this book. What I want you to do today is lay hold to it. In faith, remind yourself you need this covenant. You need this word. What I want you to do is agree with what the covenant says. How many of you are in agreement with healing today? I better ask you again. I said, who's in agreement with healing today? Who's in agreement with deliverance and power and provision? If you have everything the covenant says, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now. Just tell everybody in your neighborhood, every promise is mine. Every promise is mine. What you've got to comprehend, precious, is this. The bride price purchased your healing, your deliverance, your financial provision, and when you face circumstances and situations you can't handle pull out the covenant and claim it because whatever it says you have you have I want you to believe every promise God has made you when you read scripture on healing when you read it on provision claim it apply it to every circumstance in your life that word is his vow to you watch now this whole program, nobody leave. I want you to, don't, don't miss this last part. It's going to be amazing. And just a side note, most of these songs that were written, that we're singing, were actually written by Pastor Courtney Rayleigh. Isn't that amazing? But this covenant, it's the Lord's vow to you. And a vow is this, when we spoke our vows, it's something that the groom and the bride say to each other and they guarantee that they're going to fulfill it. Anybody thankful for the covenant that the Lord made with you and you made with him? Sing the vow.
ago, October the 14th, I remember standing in that little church, babe, on Orient Road, 
in Tampa, in the hood. Come on, somebody. They built the jail next door to our church, and we were excited about it, for real. I remember my dad said, Dawn, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? Will you love him, honor him, cherish him, and forsaking all others, will you cling only unto him? Remember that? As long as you both shall live. And you said, I don't take Jim to be my lawfully wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, and forsaking all others, I cling only to him as long as we both shall live. We said that to each other. My dad said, do you? I said, sure enough. I do. I'm so glad that Don didn't say, well, I'm thinking about it. I might. I may. She just said, I do. And it doesn't matter that Jesus has done all this for you. He stands in this room by the Holy Spirit. And he asks the question, will you forsake everything you've tried? Will you abandon trying to save yourself and redeem yourself because your way ain't been working anyway? Will you forsake all that? And will you cling to me? Will you give yourself to me? And your response will affect your entire eternity. Two words could change everything. I do. It doesn't matter that you've been chosen if you don't choose him back. The cross doesn't mean anything for you if you don't claim it as your very own. But know this. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to be good enough for it. Because Jesus went to the cross for you when you didn't deserve it and me too. So everybody's standing and I'm going to ask nobody to leave. I'm going to ask you for the next seven minutes just to stay tight right where you are. Listen, the other churches have already beat us to the Cracker Barrel. Come on, somebody. And even if you're a guest, I'm going to ask you, we've got a plan and we're going to get people off the property very quickly. But I would ask you not to move until we dismiss today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, what an amazing, phenomenal, awesome, incredible morning we've had. People have watched us by live stream from around the world. But if you're in this room right now where you're watching my live stream and you'd say, Apostle, there's some things in my life that ought not be there. There's some things that have separated me 
from Jesus. Maybe I've never been the bride or I'm not the kind of bride that I ought to be. And if Jesus came back today, I don't even know that I'm really ready. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, and you'd say, Apostle, there's things in my life that have alienated me, separated me from the Lord. Apostle, when you pray, pray for me. Because I want this relationship. I want to make heaven my home. I want to know Jesus. So, Apostle, there's just things in my life that ought not be there. So when you lift somebody up, lift me up. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I want to give you a moment to really connect yourself with this Jesus who loves you so. I want to give you a moment for a mutual choosing. Maybe you chose him at one time and you've fallen away or maybe you've never chosen him, but you'd say, Apostle, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, Jim Rayleigh, so when you pray, pray for me. I'm not, things are not where they need to be, so, so Jim Rayleigh, if you're gonna pray, pray for me. There's sin in your life and you know it. If you're online, if there's things in your life that ought not be there and you know that, that, that God has a plan for you, if you'd say, Apostle, if you're going to pray for somebody, pray for me. When I count to three, I want you to raise up your hand. If you know that there's sin in your life and you want to get it right and you want to rejoin all that you are to Jesus, when I count to three, raise up your hand. Pray for me, Apostle. One, I'm not where I need to be, Apostle. Remember me when you pray. Two, I want to be ready, three, slip up your hand right now, across the room, across the room. I want to start again. I want a new beginning. I want to leave here knowing that I'm right with Jesus. Hands in every section. Hands up in the balcony, in the overflow seating. Hold your hands up. I'm not where I need to be, apostle. If you raised it up, keep it up. There's some things in my life that ought not be there. And when you remember somebody, remember me. Come on, young people. This is your moment. Come on, young man. You online, don't miss this moment. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you raised your hand, raise it up and keep it up. If you're ready for change, hold that hand up. Pray for me, Apostle. Five. I'm not where I need to be. Four. I want this relationship with Jesus. Three. I want to get reconnected or connected to the Lord. Two. That's you. Raise up your hand right now. Two more seconds. One, zero. Hold that hand up. Hold it up. You in the balcony. Hold it up. You in the stadium seating. Hold it up. You online. Right at your house. Hold your hand up. Hands across the room. Hands online. If you raised your hand and you really meant business, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want to pray a prayer with you that will change your life forever. I want you to come forward. I promise that you won't come by yourself. People will join you. If somebody next to you has their hand up and they're apprehensive about coming, you get their hand and you bring them. But if you want to get this thing, you want to get right with the Lord today, come from across the room. Come on. If somebody next to you raise their hand, you move back so they can come. Come from the overflow. Come from the stadium seating. Oh, they're coming right now. Calvary, I bet if you'll rejoice, they'll come. Oh, look at the Lord. Look at the Lord. Look at the Lord. This is why we prayed. This is why we fasted. Come quickly. Come on. Come on. I want you to lift your voice. These are people saying, I do. Come on, Calvary. Let me hear you raise your voice. Young people are saying, I do. Moms and dads are saying, I do. It's harvest time. I said, it's harvest time. Spread them all the way across. Spread them all the way across. Make room for them. They're still coming. They're still coming. Somebody rejoice. Y'all move right in. Spread across the front. Pastor Christian, help these get in. Help these get in. 
move all the way across. Come on, let's move all the way across. Let's make room. Let's get people out of the aisles. Y'all clap your hands. Clap your hands and watch people come. Somebody's saying yes. Somebody's saying yes. Young people are saying yes. Families are saying yes. Come on, sister. Come on, mom. Somebody rejoice. Somebody rejoice. Come on, Pastor Christian, help them get in. Move all the way across. Move all the way across. Let's get people out of the aisles and let's get them closer to the front. Come on, sisters. Somebody get in the middle here and help these right here. Come on. Y'all keep clapping because people are still coming. People are still coming. Oh, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment, precious. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to count down from five, and if you need to come, I want you to come. Five, four. I'm going to hold the door for you. He's asking, what's your answer? Three. Will you choose him right back? There they come. Hallelujah. There comes a sweet girl wiping tears as she comes. Come on, there comes a young man surrendering his life. Oh, I want you to rejoice as people are coming. Oh, I'll hold the door. That's it. Come on, young man. Come on to Jesus. Oh, that's it. Come on, y'all, look. Look what the Lord is doing. This is why we fasted. This is why we prayed. This is why we sought the Lord. Got to just give you one more moment. Courtney, just sing that through one time, and then I'm going to pray with people. If you need to come, come. That's it. That's it. Come on, young man. Praise the Lord. That's it, young man. That's it. Come on. Sing it again, Cord. Come on, sing it. That's it. Come on. in the room.
to take your hand right now and put it on your heart. This is a heart decision. This is not even a head decision. This is a heart decision. You by live stream, this is your moment as well. This is a mutual choosing. And you may be up here in the front, droves of people. <laughs> wow. And you may be saying, well, Apostle, I've struggled. I've, there's things in my life that have just alienated me, kept me bound up. And you mean he loves me? I want you to know he does. He took, listen. If you knew my story, if you knew how bound I was, how messed up I was, how addicted I was, but he, that's all right. Thank you, Lord. Let her, let her cry. Let her cry. Listen, tears never hurt anybody. Hand on your heart. Thank you for a new start, God. Thank you for a new beginning. Hand on your heart right here. Somebody's getting a brand new start today. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Christian, come here. Where you at, Pastor Christian? Come right here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hand on your heart right here. Raise up your other hand. I want everybody in the room to pray this prayer after me. This is a mutual choosing now. This is a mutual choosing, knowing that you've already been chosen, but now you're choosing him back. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Pray this after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Anything that has kept me from you, I repent of it. And I'm asking you, Lord, take my heart, wash it clean in your precious blood. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for paying the price on Calvary. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Thank you for your promise. For your promise. So, Lord, so, Lord, again I say, again I say thank you for choosing me. Choosing Today, Today, I choose you back. I choose you and I declare, and I, declare I, do, I, do, I do. I do. I'll love you, I love you honor, you, honor you, cherish you, cherish you and commit my life to you, life to you as, long as, I live. as long as I live. And I declare. Heaven will be my home. And from this day forward, I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a mighty praise. Now, listen, I want all of you to just stretch your hands toward these. Pastor Josh is going to come and pray and give some direction. You on live stream, if you accept the Lord, if you'll just put salvation in the comments, we'll be reaching out to you. This is not the end. 
It's only the beginning. If you're my special guest, I so want to see you. I want to meet you outside. We actually have a reception get together with you out there if you're a special guest. Pastor Josh, come. To everyone at this altar, in just a few minutes, when we close this service, we're going to ask you to follow Pastor Christian. He's waving over there, his team. We have something special for you today to seal this moment in your life and your heart. But I don't know about each of you. I'm so glad I came to church today right here, right now. And let me just say this. I am convinced that on Time Change Sunday, time wasn't the only thing that was changed. How many believe that lives have been changed and hearts have been changed and families have been changed and your future has been changed? If you're a first-time guest, as Apostle has mentioned, just through those doors, we have a reception for you. And here's what I want every person in this room to know. There is a next step for you right here at Calvary. If you've just given your heart to Jesus today or over the, over the period of the last few months, we have what's called foundations. You can go to our Iowa website. You can see the QR code, I believe. It's right behind me, too. You can go that way as well. If you've been with us and you've given your heart to Jesus, your next step is growth track. And you can also use the QR code that way. For all the moms and dads, we have a carriage ride, and we have some awesome stuff happening over kids. Make sure you take advantage of that as well. And every Sunday, we meet right here at 10 o'clock on this campus, 9 and 1130 at Palm Coast in New Smyrna Beach. Once again, is anybody happy that you came and you experienced this? Can we let Jesus know and everybody at this altar know how thankful we are for the saving power of Jesus? Now, I'm about to dismiss all of you, but before I do, I want to pray a blessing. Everybody slip up your hands. I'm about to bless you on the way out. Father, we thank you so much for your presence in this place today. Your anointing was on every song and every part of the sermon. Today we go in that love. And we go in this relationship knowing that if you be for us, what can be against us? Father, I thank you now for your blessing and your protection of your people as they go. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time? And so, you can give at calvaryfl.com. You can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope, the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.